Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Dudes and Welcome to Tunes and Tumblers by Atwood Magazine. Listening to music is more than an auditory experience. Tunes and Tumblers explores the way our senses mingle by pairing new and classic albums with cocktail and mocktail recipes. We invite you to bring out your inner mixologist as we approach the music we love from a unique, immersive, and thoroughly delicious perspective. So put up your feet and enjoy a cold one on us. I'm your host, Anthony, and this isn't a trick. We're really back. We've ditched the time capsule to bring you yet another round of your favorite show in the universe. Pedro's dusted off his cocktail shaker. Ryan's flipping through the record collection. And Drew is doing um, whatever it is he does around here. What are you doing, Drew? <laughs> what was that? Yes. <laughs> that was perfect. perfect. Drew is here. Perfect. Perfect. Uh, yeah. It's good old Drew times. Drew speaks and drops now. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Please, please enjoy all of the flubs responsibly. Of course, we all know that drinking alone is a sad, sad business. So I dropped into my local Dan Flashes and recru- recruited a couple of guys who are busy throwing each other down the stairs. And they are... Ryan, your musicologist. And Pedro, your mixologist. And our guest today is taking us on a journey away from our comfort zone. She's the lead singer and songwriter of an experimental metal band from Montreal. They started out writing minimalist folk songs together in 2012 until one of their acoustic guitars broke. They replaced it with an electric one and bigger amps, and with it, their sound got much, much bigger. They still embrace the power of minimalism and fragility and have been praised for their work by the likes of Pop Matters and Pitchfork. She's here today to talk all about their latest album, which saw them exploring the weight of race, gender, observation, and protest. Tunes and Tumblers fam, please welcome Robin Waddy of Big Brave to the pod. Hi. How, Thanks for having me. How, for you, was the line about the acoustic guitar breaking? Uh, no, <laughs> really it's just... No, I love it because it it just shows that like I I I um it's 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 an old it's so old that story and I don't remember really ever I it's been so long since that came up so it's just really nice to hear it again and when you hear something that you've also repeated over and over again um after many years um it just it's uh it, 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 I don't, it makes me giggle anyway. <laughs> <I don't know. laughs> um, yeah. Big Brave dared to ask, what if the sound was an acoustic guitar just breaking <laughs> for 45 minutes? I mean, there are moments, there are moments that it, our music could potentially actually sound like that if you are not into what we do. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I can see that. Yeah. <sighs> So like we said, you're zooming in all the way from Montreal. What's it like over there right now? 
Well, it's strange um, just because the, the streets are filled with uh, humans and so are the stores and all the restaurants and bars are, I don't know if everyone's at capacity. I think it's still at a percentage, but um, it's, it's a bit of an adjustment compared to, you know, basically seeing my bubble only and, um, and being very quiet. I also noticed that um, the outside world, I think there's a lot of pent up energy or something and um, it's coming out kind of aggressively (laughs) and people are being really mean to each other. (laughs) It's pretty terrible. Yeah. Other than that, the weather's hot. (laughs) (laughs) Look, we're all in favor of staying in our bubbles. It is, it is getting weird out there. Mm -hmm. It is very Yeah. Yeah, maybe maybe wait out this whole Delta thing. Maybe let's spend another yeah. year people learning how to act. Yes, look, I'm all in favor of another lockdown just because I need an excuse to sleep for a whole week. Yes. Oh my god. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm ready to dive in. Uh, okay. We can't do that unless we break the ice first. Okay. What has everyone been listening to this week? I got the uh, new single uh, from Black Marble on the uh, turntable really excited about that one it's the latest for one of my favorite kind of post-punk minimalist synth groups on sacred bones so i'm pretty into that always love what they're putting out they've been on fire lately um so yeah sacred bones the fire of my loins that's what i'm doing the fire of, i like that you saved the title for the very end <laughs> <laughs> right. look it's great just just bear with me fire it's called the loins. fire of my loins <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> um, what about you, Pedro? Um, so I haven't been listening so much as I've been watching, uh, in particular, Watch the Sound um, on Apple TV Plus by Mark Ronson. It's a whole like documentary series that is so good. I haven't finished it yet, but I'm in love with it so far. Um, I was, and he, I'm just going to drop a bunch of artists uh, right now. So there's going to be a long playlist already. But he, he interviews all kinds of artists, including like DJ Premier, King Princess, Charlie XCX, Paul McCartney. What's cool is like in each episode, he sort of works with them a little bit to create like a new track, sort of depending on what the subject of the episode is. Um, one of my favorites uh, so far has been the the episode about synthesizers. And he talks a lot about um, like uh, female influence in in that field of music production, um, including, you know, artists like Suzanne Ciani, uh, Wendy Carlos, who did like Clockwork Orange, The Shining, Tron. It was just so interesting uh, very educational. So check out, watch the sound if you can. Um, it's great. And there's so much good music in it. Nice. You want to take us next, Robin? Yeah. Um, actually it's, this is, this isn't a new thing. It's, it's old. Um, but there were two things, uh, speaking of watching and listening, I have this old, old well it's old to me this playlist of soul music that it's basically all i listen to anyway but um um but uh oh from the from like mostly the 50s and a bit of the 60s um or like the famous ones Irma thomas a not so famous one is like wendy renee um uh doris duke a bunch of that but also i just watched um summer of soul that documentary by Questlove, and shit that was 
really interesting and really beautiful. And there's that experimental guitar player that I already forgot. That was, they only had him for like a second, but he's, uh, Bill Orchid sounds a lot like him. I think he like directly maybe was pretty heavily influenced by him. Um, but, uh, but, but, but yeah, that was, that was a really <laughs> oddly sad and, but very uplifting. It was just lovely to, to see that. And also, um, odd in the sense that it didn't quite talk about how, how, I mean, it did for just like, it, it touched on it for like a, maybe a minute or something, but just how the footage was then stored. No, uh, network would buy it because no, the networks thought that, um, nobody wants to, to listen to black music and watch black people enjoy themselves. <laughs> um, which is crazy. And then um, another thing that they didn't, that I wish they kind of like showed a little bit more, right? They could have made a mini first time. And a lot of the artists were just like speechless. And some of, a son of one of the artists was like crying, um, which I thought was really beautiful. But yeah, mostly soul, I guess. Nice. Well, I, I kind of feel like mine is a little trivial in comparison. Oh, no. <laughs> well, no, I've, I've been listening to Billie Eilish's new album, uh, yes. Happier Than Ever. Yeah. Yes. yes. I, awesome. I love that like TikTok right now is like just shitting on her so much, calling this her, um, her flop era, and she's just proving them wrong. What did she, she clapped back. She's just like, eat my dust. My tits are bigger than yours. The thing is like, I really think that she's grown from her last album and I'm a big fan of that one. It's um, sonically softer. Better word she's chosen. <laughs> she's banded <laughs> most of uh, the horror themes and it's very vulnerable and yet so confident. Um, I, I read this quote and I forget what publication it was in, but it says that she seems more comfortable singing about the bad guy than being the bad guy. Standouts, my future. I mean, Pedro and I both know that. Like, my future is such a great, great song. Um, but new ones that just came out, Happier Than Ever. I love that song. That crazy. It, it should have been the album closer and it's not, but still, it's two parts soft and mournful. Anthony thinks that should have been your album closer. Yeah, it should have been. Um, <laughs> yeah. Okay. What was oh, it? Cool. Uh, the, the, the last track is like male privilege or male gaze, something like that. Still an important track, but it should have been back a little bit. Look, these are just my opinions. <laughs> Anthony has notes for you, Billy Eilish. <laughs> You're doing great. You're doing great. I'm just giving constructive criticism. Um, anyway, happier than ever. Two parts. Uh, first part is mournful, soft, and it kind of devolves into outright resentment. And it's got these wailing guitars and crashing drums, something that she's never done before. Fucking love it. Go listen to it. It, I, I highly recommend it. This isn't her flop era at all. If anything, it's TikTok's flop era. Hmm. Hey. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the Gen Zs are shaking now. <laughs> I, I don't know how many Gen Zs listen to this show. But <laughs> a lot yeah. less now. Hey, look what this cheeky well, guy in a denim shirt says. Right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm only a shaved head away from Fontano right now. <laughs> 
<laughs> well, as a quick reminder, every song that we mention on the pod goes straight onto the accompanying playlist. In theory, in practice, the playlist is whatever Ryan damn well thinks it should be, which I respect. <laughs> yeah, I want to jump in before we move on from what have you been listening to? Unprecedented. I know. Wow, Drew's here with yeah. a microphone. Uh, and and also, what I have to say is unprecedented because um, normally we don't mention that we've been listening to you know the band that we're talking to, but I have been listening to Big Brave a lot this week, and um, on Friday I was driving around doing some errands, and I had you know you guys playing on Spotify, and um, I noticed that my door open light was coming on, so I think what the fuck? Oh? I reach over, I pull it closed, and then it comes on again, <laughs> and I what going on? And what I realize is. The music's so heavy, it's rattling my car doors. Oh my god! Which I think oh is the new—that's the new test. If you want to know <laughs> the band is for real, <laughs> that's the new—that's the new genre. That yeah. is that's amazing. <laughs> door shoot. rattling metal. There is. Uh, oh, listen to a lot of door rattle. <laughs> really getting Yo. really into door rattle. Okay? If, if your car's not about to fall fall apart on the highway. <laughs> then uh, your band is not making the cut. Because well, usually we work with, we like know this pop producer who like always has to, before he submits a track, has to listen to it in the car stereo. So this is just a different, like just make sure it sounds good there. This is just a different version yeah. of that, right? Oh yeah. Oh really? yeah. Maybe just incorporate that in our next album somehow. Oh yeah. Just I just, I, like, music oh, to destroy yeah. a Camry. There we go. There we go. It's a, it's a 2009 <laughs> Hyundai Sonata. I just assume that that's what you have to do. I assume that's just the Southern Lord, uh, like prerequisite oh. for any album that's submitted. Is it has to destroy some sort of piece of machine component of your car? It doesn't just have to break your glasses and. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, your glasses. We the, go buy thousands yeah. used car, put it in a parking lot, and have a listening party. If it falls apart by the end. There we go. Well, now that we're all caught up, I think it's time that we went into that bar. But like any bar that doesn't want to get shut down, we have a bouncer. Uh, Robin, did you bring anything to show him so that we can get you inside? Um, I did. So I have this um, edamame plastic bean thing (laughs) that... um, um, a dear friend, Jessica Moss, who played in uh, Mount Zion. Oh, shit. Silver Mount Zion. One of the beans fell out just there. Um, she gave it to me as like a, uh, um, as a, as like to help with fidgeting or whatever, because we're both big fidgeters. And um, so if you press it, there's the edamame beans come out. <laughs> and it's really, really satisfying. But I press it so hard that there's one that just pops out (laughs) um i i don't know how to put it back in but this is like for tactile kind of like i don't know what i sometimes feel like i could chew it but i don't i don't i'm not that weird but it's um it's this just this lovely little thing and it comes on this little um chain that i put on my uh bike key and my studio key and um whenever i'm Whenever I know I have to talk a lot or I'm around people I, I'm not familiar with, not in this case, though, actually, um, oddly, um, I bust it out. Um, but uh, 
but that's that's my this is my id um can you tell how old i am does it look like me i think it looks a lot like me (laughs) if if you need things to help you with fidgeting we know where you're at it's fine oh yeah you you deserve a drink plus we could use it to distract the bouncer it looks like uh, he's already getting really into it (laughs) like one bean the other way so he looks and we storm storm the play go get it and you know what i think that did the trick we're now inside the world famous tunes and tumblers bar um, it may not look like much, but that's because we spent most of the budget on Ryan's magical jukebox. Mm-hmm. This thing has the uncanny ability to play the music of whomever happens to walk through the doors. And Ryan, what does it say we're listening to today? Well, it says right here we're listening to Vital, the new LP from Big Grave, out now on the mighty Southern Lord Records. Heavy, heavy stuff. And like I mentioned earlier, you have to thank Record Master Drew here for turning us on to your music. This is actually the second show now where we've gotten to interview artists that he's introduced us to. And that is oh, very cool. Yep, yep. <laughs> but before we get into this album, we need a little social lubrication. Pedro, what's on the chalkboard today? So um, as Anthony already mentioned, heavy, 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 heavy. So I wanted a drink that was thick. Um, smooth, opaque, um, and with a lot of flavor to it. Um, when I listen to Vital, and especially the song, you know, of this ilk, it very. It, it was interesting because it's it is dark, it is heavy, but it's also like music that sort of uh, forces you to like become very present, and it's almost meditative in a way. It's so steady, and you have no choice but to just sort of be where you're at when you're listening to it. And it took me strangely to like these memories of when I was little and seeing like um like traditional Aztec uh, dances with my family and like Native American powwows um or even like watching like uh, you know, like Mary Hawkins on YouTube. It mm. sort of made me feel like that where there's like just a steady um, rhythm of just you know these these sounds that you're hearing and it it doesn't necessarily change too much sonically but there is a, an energy build throughout the entirety of it and. Yeah. I, I really loved that about it. Um, so, so it was kind of it was an interesting drink to kind of put together from all those, yeah, all those like influences that I was hearing. Um, so what I started with um, was just some bourbon, just to just to start off. Um, and I, nice. with, I wanted some I wanted some ingredients that might be like calming, <laughs> soothing, and sort of help you get in like a neutral place. Um, so I made a, a like lavender tea blend syrup. It's got like honey and like chamomile and all kinds of stuff to just sort of soothe, soothe the soul a little bit. Um, and I put some, some almond syrup with it. And then I threw in um, some, we're using oat milk here, but you can use milk, milk substitute, whatever you like. And then uh, an egg white to just sort of smooth it all out and give it a nice, rich, foamy texture. Um, and then on top of that, I just coated it with a very dark, um, uh, coffee liqueur that just sort of that just sort of sits on top of it and it's got that energy boost to it and it just sort of slowly permeates the rest of the the drink um and i made sure to keep the colors of this cocktail very muted and dark um so it's sort of like a gray green on the bottom with a very dark dark almost black layer on top oh very cool it sort of mixes together and it's like sweet but it's strong oh is that it oh right there um that looks gorgeous. So it's called a This Ilk um, in honor of by Big Brain. I love it. I love it so much. <laughs> Wish you were here. We've only recently started 
um, doing in-person episodes again. I think we've only been able to meet with two artists mm-hmm. so far, but hopefully two, uh, when we get like a bigger budget flying you out here to share. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Well, to the next time. To the next time. Cheers. 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 Mm. Do an actual thing. Oh my so god. Is this real? So that's a that that's like super, super for real, the exact thing that you d- just described. Oh, this is yes. It. We are we oh are actually god. drinking it. Yeah. There's no trickery here. Pedro oh. actually makes the drink. Yeah. Oh, okay. In that case, I'm just gonna if that's a real drink, I'm gonna get one too. Oh yes. Oh please, please do. Because I didn't I was like, I didn't know. And I'm so this is um vodka. Oh hell yeah! Oh, nice. Always a <laughs> this song. is cool. Uh, this is a Canadian vodka. I do not recommend it. It <laughs> is. <laughs> um, it is not great, nor is it good. But the, um, is the price point is the it? price point great? <laughs> the price point is fantastic. There we go. Um, and because I have no dishes, I have to drink it out of the bottle. <laughs> so I'm just going to take a sip. Iconic. Oh, hell Legendary. yeah. Yes. The moment. Yes. There we go. It looks like, it's funny, if you showed that to me, I would have guessed a wine. It kind of looks like a wine bottle. Oh, yeah, this is a Canadian wine. It's not vodka. Um, oh, the finest white. potato wine. I was gonna say yeah, wine. Canada does good, good alcohol. <laughs> Very cool. You know, I, I think we're, we're talking heavy here and I think we should get right into it. Um, I was listening on the way over and I think that the song that really, uh, like really grabbed me and I think really um, encompasses kind of the themes of the album for me are is Halfbreed. And oh, yeah. You know, yeah, and just what I love about your songs is that they seem more like spoken word poetry that are thrown over these very deliberate minimalist like uh like almost like stomping beats and just the the political message that you have there about how uh power is denied people who rest in this liminal space between uh one identity and the other i'm wondering like how that came together for you Oh, well, okay. First, that is a really beautiful thing to say. And no one's ever said that um, the lyrics are like poetry or like spoken word or any kind of poetry. They usually say it's like, oh, yeah, it's like a screaming banshee. Um, You're just, (laughs) you know, rah, rah, rah. And I'm like, oh, okay, sure. So that's a really lovely compliment. Thank you. Um, But yeah, how that came together specifically. that song half breed uh was from this uh this uh, um book of essays by alexander chi it's called how to write an autobiography it's, a, it's actually a lovely kind of uh collection of his essays there's even this one like super long one about um him diving into growing different kinds of rose bushes and if you if you're not interested in plants i don't recommend reading that uh particular essay but this uh there was this other one that really struck a chord with me i think it's called girl um it's about him uh not just being gay but being mixed uh mixed race korean american and um and how he went to south america 
um, on an exchange program, I think it was. Don't quote me on this, but uh, well, I guess it's my voice. So, oops. Anyway, there. Uh, so, um, but because of his mix, he can pass as um, a lot of different ethnicities. Um, and in South America, uh, speaking Spanish, um, he he was able to basically pass as South American. I forget what which country he was in at the moment, but um, um, and then he just sort of talked about that for a bit. Um, and then the what the lyrics are uh, what the lyrics are is a passage in that essay that I had to kind of um, unfortunately um, break up a bit to make it to make it fit the song and to. Mm, and the rhythms and et cetera. But, uh, uh, but when I first read that, which wasn't very long ago, I think maybe three-ish, four, four years ago, um, I, it, 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 it took my breath away because being mixed myself, it's just a very different reality. And depending on your mix and depending on whether or not you are, um, whether or not you have like a foot in the, in the ethnicity that you look like the most, um, it's also very different and, um, your reality is different. And anyway, so reading these words, these like so well articulated, eloquent, beautiful string of words to convey my reality, um, up until that point was just it was an experience that I've never really experienced before um especially because it's 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 like a with regards to race to um growing up in in like a predominantly white society um most of my schools were white um except for high school but um it was, uh, it was mostly white but um and then you know just being interested in what I'm interested in and going to the particular shows I would go to, um, it was dominated usually by, by white people. So my friends tend to be more white and colleagues tend to be more white. And, um, and so it's a private experience, really. It's like a very quiet, private thing that you don't get to talk about very much because it doesn't really come up unless it is someone um, who's like, you look like a person I know from Mexico. Are you sure you're not Mexican? Are <laughs> you like, yeah. Is that a yeah. real comment? Oh, yes. That is absolutely yes. a real comment. Oh, yeah. Yes. Oh, wow. Yes. Oh, boy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and that's not even like, that's not even the tip of the iceberg. It is, it is just one of many different kinds of comments or like having, having people of different ethnicities ethnicities come up to you speaking the the language you, they think you speak right yeah and like I've had Arabic people come up speak to me in Arab uh, Arabic and I've had a bunch of Latin people think I speak my, my mother tongue is is Spanish or Italian even oddly and um I've had Egyptian, I've had Inuit, I've had First Nations in, in, in Canada's First Nations. In the States, I think it's, what? It's different. I, First Nations? I think we refer to Native Amer as Native Americans. Native yeah. Americans. We, we, yeah. also, we also use First Nations sometimes. Oh, you do? 
okay okay you do have sovereign Um, nations spread out that's i mean right quote quote unquote that's like the euphemism that we like to use uh, for for forced segregation but anyway Back right, yeah. on this on this music podcast, here we are talking <laughs> about the intersectionality of power and how it's not just top down. How even within different cultures, there is um, uh, th- like identity is very fluid, and I think like you know it, it can't just it is a private experience, but that private yeah. experience is definitely influenced by the messages that you get from your community. It, it, and as somebody who is, you know, just Caucasian, this is something that like it, for, for, you know, my culture, it's like you have to force yourself to learn these things. There's yeah. uh, the, the thing that I encounter all the time is just like uh, other white people like me thinking that none of this is a problem because they personally haven't experienced it. Yeah. And if you get them to challenge that. That's really scary. Uh, yeah. no one likes to feel like they're the bad guy. And if we admit that, um, institutional, uh, um, inequalities exist, then all of a sudden, oh no, I've been benefiting from a bad, awful system. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's hard. It, 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 cause it's right. It's, it's that whole human thing where it's like, well, if I've never, it, oh, I only believe what I see, thus I only believe what I experience, um, which is a very natural, normal thing. Um, but now, um, especially within the last 10 years with the internet, um, mind you, it does get convoluted with a bunch of other things, but um, um, it's kind of hard at this point, especially right now specifically to ignore uh ignore other people's experiences regardless of your ethnicity but if we are talking about um um you know what we are talking about then more specifically other than white um and it's yeah i i no one likes to be in the wrong because that that is also a very human thing it's we want to be able to most of us want to just do our best hope well rather hopefully most of us want to do our best or be good people i don't think that's normal um actually unfortunately but um the basic and it's not that you're like that you're wrong per se it's or 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 you you've just your existence um, sucks for everyone else. It's it's not necessarily about that, even though unfortunately it kind of can't be helped. Um, but if you if you can, uh, I don't know, think a little outside of your bubble, um, talk with other people um, that aren't that are still your like within your ethnicity, but like also ask questions, and it's like regardless of who gets mad at you or who um, who will engage with you in, in whatever spectrum of emotions that might sort of come with the question and having to answer that, um, like you're fucking asking the question, you know, like you're, you're talking, like that's how else are people supposed to learn unless you, 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 you ask the questions. I ask a lot of really stupid questions and I put my foot in my mouth like a hundred percent of the time. 
Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's embarrassing, but but um, otherwise I wouldn't, you know, n- know what I know, the little that I do, you know, I don't know. It's going to get you somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. If anything to, yeah, like a, um, even if it's like a baseline understanding of something that you don't, you're not familiar with, that's worlds away from what most, most people are, are used to doing, which is just taking care of themselves and their own. Um, like, even if it's like, even if you're not asking questions or, you know, you mm-hmm. don't ask or what to say, just like the very basic idea that you don't understand what's going on with mm-hmm. this other group or this other person. And, and like, you have no need to put an opinion on it or like relate it to yourself. Like you don't get it. And that's fine. Right. Just understand. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, that's it. And it's like, it's not about your opinion and, and right. your experience. Um, because that's a, that's another thing about uh, like, it's like a part of the human condition is that we can't help but bring it back to ourselves, like our self, myself. How does this relate to me? How do I relate to that? Well, in my experience, da, 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 and it's like, actually, it's not about your experience. You're asking a question about someone else, about another person's experience. So listen and, and like be, be quiet, please <laughs> politely shut up. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm going to take this in like a very weird direction. And I know that like, I'm going to get some laughs, but uh, <laughs> I, I've been watching a lot of South Park because uh, it's my hey. it's the token episode. It is the token episode because like, that's exactly what happens. Um, South Park has changed um, their uh, stance on race a lot since the beginning. At the beginning, it's just like, oh, if we point out racism, then we're just perpetuating racism. Like, no, nah, that, that ain't it, chief. But then like in later seasons, there's the one where a character says the N-word on national television and it really affects Token, the token black character. And the whole time Stan is trying to be like, I get it. I understand what you're going through. And Token's like, you just don't get it. You'll never get it. And at the very end, Stan finally does get it. He's like, Token, I get it. I don't get it. He's like, now you there we go. It. That's really there all it is. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Just, and that's okay. Yeah. Radical that's okay, not knowing. Yeah. And and because because like the ego plays a huge part in that. No one wants to say, well, I actually don't know the answer. I, I don't know because it, it shows vulnerability and et cetera, et cetera. But um but I mean, like, come on, how much do we know other than our own reality? Like, I think this is a good transition into talking specifically about the album because we're talking okay. about radical not knowing and how that is vital to uh, oh. <laughs> <that> is vital <laughs> to your growth as a human being. Um, yeah. I'm, so in, in terms of the album, what does the word vital mean to you in relation to the music? Minimalism, like what is necessary what is imperative to to get the the message the feeling whatever it is um across with very limited maybe vocabulary tools in this case instrumentation um and notes because it's one note per song um um and and rhythm for example, it's like poor Tessie. It's just like one hit of the drums and then she waits. <laughs> and then there's another one and then she waits. <laughs> um, 
what right and the question of 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 what is vital is is i feel like a very uh subjective um like it could be subjective it depends on the person um with regards to uh what they think is necessary within their um you know box of tools i guess with regards to music their instrumentation and maybe how they how they record um some people like to record everything live, including vocals. Um, we've done that with Ephraim from Godspeed, and that was great. And it was exactly what we needed um, at the time. Um, now it's now it's different, but um, I don't know if that answers the question. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, sometimes we've noticed that. Uh that titles precede um the music and vice versa like right. for you I, I mean ryan you have something for this don't you oh i'm just curious i mean the titles are so evocative oh, and and i wonder how often a title comes before the music is that something that oh, occurs that happens a lot actually yeah with me it does um i because i like i like to write separate from music and um, I'm not just talking about journal entries um, or whatever um, I've, I've written a bunch of short stories that will never get published um, it's just just for me um, um, and and a bunch of other things I guess some of it could be considered poetry but I do uh, because I have a hard time um, in real like uh in real time articulating vocally um things see <laughs> um but, but, but with uh writing i can take my time and actually think about each word and pairing the words and then when you string the words together um not just the rhythms of reading it but what each and the relation between each word can, what that could evoke uh, or, or, or something to that effect. Um, and, uh, but yes, um, because of that, um, for instance, Vital was the title of the album before we even started writing the album. Mm -hmm. I already have the title for the next album. Um, and a lot of the, 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 the song titles come up um, either as the song's being written, maybe just before when I have an idea of where it's going, but a lot of the times too, after the fact, it's like recorded, it is about to be mastered and I am like down to the wire and I'm like, I need to come up with the words to represent this thing that we work so hard on. Um, so the pressure helps. That's because I'm a procrastinator, but that's another conversation. And, but yes. Creating um, so people yes. are better against a deadline. Oh, right though, right. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez, yeah. I, have, I have four midterms due next week and I definitely oh don't God. think that's the case yes. for me. I'm just like, oh, no. God. I'm like staring down so many. I never like wrote a paper ahead of time. Really? Ever in my life. Yeah, me neither. Oh, hell no. What the fuck? No. People are working out for like two weeks ahead of time. I'm like, that is ridiculous. Oh, I know. I'm like, how are you? How are you even thinking properly if you're 
preparing like that. Like, I feel you. <laughs> thank you. Look, just, just write a bunch of bullshit and then make up citations later. Got my degree. There you go. <laughs> oh, what did you get your degree in? Oh, film and media studies. So it's not like it was hard. Uh, <laughs> oh, hey, no, that, that's, that can be hard. That can be hard. <laughs> Ryan, uh, Ryan was showing us something earlier where we were wondering if the title came first. <laughs> Ryan, do you yeah. want to share that with Robin real quick? Yeah. 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 So I picked up this record yesterday. Uh, it's called Music to Lure Pigeons By. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the cover. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um, and who is it? Who is it by? The Night Pastor and Seven Friends. <laughs> send a donation, $5 at least, along with your request oh. to the Night Pastor. Oh my God, I love that he has a minimum. <laughs> we so don't want your $2 minimum. minimum. Where, where did you come across this? What is... Yeah, I haven't... You know what? I haven't even listened to it. I got it for the cover alone. Yes, and I would, yes. I, don't, I can't even begin to imagine what it would what it's going to sound like i mean i, I like that yeah right i like that you're waiting to listen to it because sometimes the idea can be better than the actual reality of the thing so you can like maybe romanticize or or something to that effect but that is my life in a nutshell oh. <laughs> constantly being romanticizing and then being <laughs> the idea is disappointed yeah exactly oh yeah no, no i feel no, you no, no. i totally but, feel you well that's the kind of thing like what what do you think this would sound like what's your guess that something like this would be uh music to feed pigeons by is that what it is lure no. lure pigeons lure. much more oh, insidious oh <laughs> <laughs> um music to lure pigeons by i, I feel like that if someone just gave you that title, I would love that'd be a fun experiment, I feel like. Like just write me that record. Oh, it's <laughs> be a big grave boring that. Oh my god, it would be, be so creepy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like there'd be definitely an element of creepiness, tension for sure, but also there would be some kind of catharsis with regards to actually what it means to like throw food to pigeons and what pigeons represent to most of society that lives in uh urban landscapes for example like a lot of people think oh they're disgusting and they're 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 rats but actually oh so speaking of pigeons do you know why they like urban settings i don't do you know do you know do you know the history of the pigeon oh no tell us please okay don't this is another thing that i that maybe I shouldn't be quoted on, <laughs> but it's also something that I read. Um, and it's to the point that I, I like read it so long ago that I don't know if I dreamt it or, or maybe like, like picked information from other things and just put it together, or maybe it's a real thing. But so pigeons were introduced to North America apparently from uh i want to say north africa but it's somewhere on that continent where there are um um where pigeons are usually found on these very rocky hilly landscapes but important here is the rock um not much not much um greenery um mostly rock and so it was so easy so easily adapted to 
um, basically whatever the heck happened with the evolutions of our cities in North America. They don't Just need a the trees. bunch of rocks. A bunch of rocks. <laughs> wow. A bunch of rocks. Such a gray. Some of them are square and rectangular and angular. So then they could just insert themselves and make nests and shit. So what a weird, like intersection you having that and her knowing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. That's also, uh, I really, we're, we're kind of running out of time here, but I really, Oh no, really? Yeah. We're, yeah. Oh shoot. Okay. Sorry. Yes. No, Go it's on. totally fine. But I, <clears throat> I really like what you said about how pigeons represent different things to different people. Like, some people think that they're rats. Some people enjoy their presence. I, for one, think some that they're hilarious. Children who but are lost in New York. I think that, that comes back to like the subjectivity of each individual's experience that we were talking hey, about earlier. Yeah. Yeah. I. I <laughs> Nice. Well, this is why you're the host, eh? Exactly. <laughs> I'm just. You know, wrangler. We're talking about race and pigeons. Like it's all coming together. <laughs> all coming together. Can't you tell? <laughs> uh, do you guys? I, have... I think you now have the subject for your next essay. Oh, race and pigeons. Race and pigeons. Oh my gosh. Yes, I'm gonna. I'm gonna do this for my trauma class. <laughs> there we go. Well, what are you studying? Oh, I'm. I'm studying uh, clinical psychology to get my MFT license, which oh, in California okay. means basically becoming a therapist. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's huge. Shoot. Oh yeah. This not to not to discredit uh, uh, Pedro's film. It's fine. It's done. <laughs> <laughs> if it's any consolation, I have a, a painting and drawing, fine arts and anthropology um, degree that I didn't get because even though I had enough credits, I was too lazy to graduate. But no, even though I did have enough credits, I still didn't graduate because I was too lazy. All that to say. Building interest. (laughs) There we go. There we go. (laughs) Oh, that's very cool, though. Psychology. I've always been interested in that um, as just just I mean, humans and their brains in general are uh, very complex. And it's not just that I'm realizing um, you can't get a degree like this, like you can't have discussions about biology and a person, uh, a person's inner experience without discussing the broader cultural context. Like you're absolutely are, right. We are so shaped by our relationships to each other and to absolutely. society and the uh, relationship that society has with us. We're right. Well, it's like it's like a hundred percent nature and a hundred percent nurture, which shapes us. Right. Like you can't have one without the other. Um, it's it's a very that's very yeah i feel like i could go to school forever but i have the attention span of a goldfish so i don't know if it would be very good (laughs) well do you guys have anything else to add before we switch over to our next portion of the pod Hmm. i don't know i don't know if i do i think to me the way this album felt was like how i felt when i heard the melvin's lysol for the first time which is I felt like buildings, it was like the soundtrack of buildings just crumbling. Wow. Or like monoliths crumbling. And that's how this kind of sounded to me. It's like that scene in Inception where they're in like, they're like on like the beach and the whole city's just sort of crumbling. Oh yeah. Oh Oh, yeah. Beautiful. 
there's a reason why you forgot about it but anyway (laughs) (laughs) still an interesting movie but yeah 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 it's as easily forgettable as it is beautiful but you know what i there's a great quote from uh that do you know julian cope are you familiar Mm -hmm. with julian cope he's uh he was in this band the teardrop explodes and he's this great rock and psych critic who um i think he's collaborated with sun before in the past okay teardrop and coke sounds familiar i'm also terrible with names so i probably do know who you're talking about but right now i don't he just this was such a great way to describe it another allusion to birds actually which is interesting but he described the sun track as a 14 and a half minutes of distant seagulls flying over port and down before being accidentally sucked into some ground-based experimental jet engine, <laughs> after which their ghosts <laughs> rise up and screech forever and ever in the eternity. Oh, my God. No that's so ghosts. intense. Yes, that's how he described Richard by sun, which <laughs> is brilliant. Wow. Aviary pests just seem to be like the <laughs> center of everything. I Aviary wish I could pests. do that with my words. That's incredible. <laughs> he's a, anything beautiful. He's written the, the Krautrock sampler, like the definitive guides to kind of heavy and psych music. So he's. Um, oh, cool. What's his name again? Sorry. Julian Cope. Okay. 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 Copendia, okay, like a great one. They're all like oh. out of print, annoyingly, too. So. Um, but yeah, it's good stuff. That's about all I I uh well maybe we can get Julian Cope to write up something about Big Brave. Yeah, right. He what prob- is he gonna say? <laughs> Space. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but speaking about the about like um birds, have we made have any of you made the connection to my my name? As, as well oh this is getting yes. too real oh my gosh <laughs> drew we're not we're, we're not calling the episode big brave and the silk we're calling it big brave and the birds big brave, <laughs> <laughs> big brave birds there <laughs> it is I dig it. I dig it. <laughs> well, thank you for listening to this lovely conversation about how uh, the the theme of birds uh, is is laced into everything. Uh, but I think it's time that we switched over to our favorite game. Who would like to play a round of hashtag mood? Let's do Please. it. Hit that theme song, Drew. Holy shit. <laughs> oh yeah, we. I mean, we still love your new girlfriend. Let's we do, we do, we do. Uh, they they do our our official theme song and our bonus episode theme song. But anyway, hashtag mood is the game we like to play at the end of every show to flex our playlist building skills. What we're going to do is go over to the Tunes Tumblers hotline, where a fan and or friend of the show has left us a message. We listen to that message, and the person will tell us how they've been recently. Uh, Want to talk about heavy our voicemail box? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, really? Uh, we will. Yeah. We will listen to whatever it is okay. they have to say and create a playlist. Each of us gets to choose one song to match that mood. Drew, do we have a message picked out? You have one new message. 
Hey, dudes and tumblers, this is Trevor. Uh, my mood right now is uh, I'm, I'm kind of like I've got so many jumbled emotions, but they're all really uh, toward the sense of excitement. I've got I just got a job that I've been really looking for uh, that I've, I've really wanted to uh, get a uh, get my hands on, and I've got it, and it seems like it might be easy. Uh, surprising. I was very, very um, prepared for it to be like a huge challenge and really dive in, and that may come, but this first week so far has been like, I'm very excited, I'm very happy, I'm very pleased, but I'm also a little suspicious. Uh, so a little suspicion in there, too, that maybe uh, I'm jinxing myself, or, or maybe I'm doing something incredibly wrong and I'm not going to know until two days from now when I'm given a pink slip. Anyway, that's the mood that I'm in. Uh, and so let's see what you could do with that. <laughs> oh my god, that was Tim Robinson. <laughs> wow, that was a that was a very specific. A little, yeah. This is going great. It's so easy, but I'm a little suspicious. That really that big Tim Robinson energy. <laughs> wow. I've already got my song picked out, and yeah, yeah. Robin, do you have one? I do. Okay, so it's uh, Thin Lizzy's uh, Dancing in the Moonlight. Wow. So, nice. yeah. So it's like it's like a teenage love song. Um, and because it's, you know, I don't remember. I, I don't know if you remember what it was like being a teenager, but it was like, hell. Um, but also thrilling. And also, um it was the end of the world while it was the beginning of the universe. Um, but this one in particular, it's like that beautiful budding love. So there's that excitement, but you know, um, your parents are like, you're fucking up. So there's that like, sort of like, wait a minute, even though this is great, I still have these responsibilities. Um, I have a responsibility with this job and this job is great, but when's the other shoe going to drop? How long am I going to date this person that I love that I go to the movies with and get chocolate stains on my pants? Like, what? <laughs> you know? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Being a teenager and not knowing how to eat yet. Yeah. <laughs> in public. Mm. With, with someone. Okay, so speaking of eating in public um, with someone that you have a crush on, um, Oh, it wasn't eating. It was, it was drinking in public. Um, but I was bartending at this one show and this person came up to me and they were super, super hot. I seen them before they served me at this one rest restaurant. And, um, anyway, they bought me a shot and I couldn't believe that they bought me a shot and they were like, even looking at me. So I go to like cheers and as I'm watching them take the shot, I completely miss my mouth. And I'm not even kidding you. It, the liquid doesn't touch my face, not even my chin. And I basically just dump it on my chin. Oh, my God. <laughs> Cue the curb your enthusiasm. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like, yeah, cheers. Thanks for this. And then I just splattered on my chest. And that was great. And uh they're very embarrassing that's a mood <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we should do that one next week that right there is a mood uh, oh man i who wants to i'll, I'll go next so okay. i was thinking about like uh 
we're, we're living in two worlds right now. Like, yeah, this job is super easy. And, uh, there's something fishy going on here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I was thinking about a song that we actually premiered on this show back in December. And that is antihero by casual vice. Oh, yeah. I like okay. the lyric, uh, got one foot in the clouds and one foot in the grave. <laughs> so that's, hey. I'm afraid to laugh. I'm afraid to cry. I'm afraid to ruffle feathers when I say goodbye. Birds. Birds Birds everywhere. There it is. Bullshit. These both are, I think we're both, yeah, there's definitely some angst being captured here. And I'm going off of a little bit of your vibe, Robin, with the replacements. Capture that feeling of like angst. Cautious optimism, happiness, and yes. deep dissatisfaction all running through it. So I'm going with Unsatisfied by The Replacements, which yes. is a favorite. Look me in the eye. Tell me you're satisfied. Um, it's just questioning that. Are you, am I satisfied? He's sitting there going like, this job is, hey. this is good, but is it, is it good? I guess it's good. Am I happy? Yeah. Beautiful. Beautiful. Right. Yes. And then mine, um, so when I'm sort of in this kind of place, we're like, this is good, this is good, but is it good? You know, you get those conflicting right. feelings. Um, I'm, the song I'm, I'm choosing is uh, Go With It by Oliver featuring Chromio because it's basically just this. Nice. Okay. I'm feeling all these crazy things. This is good. This yeah. is weird. This is, I don't know. And it's, uh, but you just got to tell yourself to roll with the punches. Just go with yep. it. Take it as yeah. it And yeah. yeah, so that's that's where I'm at with this kind of mood. Oh, wait a minute. Can I have one more? Yeah, oh, yeah go for it. Yeah, okay, because it, I just also thought, and it's maybe a little more apt. Okay, it's Grimes. Do you know Grimes? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Oh, do we know Grimes? Sure. Yes. So it's Grimes Oblivion. Yeah. Um, yeah, so it's that it's that one where, um, I don't know, there's like the music is is beautiful and kind of uplifting and you just kind of want to strut or just take these beautiful long walks and everything is amazing and you take these beautiful deep breaths and there's someone looking out for you this person that loves you so there's this optimism there's this like yeah actually this is a new relationship it's great but i'm walking alone at midnight and you don't know who is going to come and basically attack you from behind, which is, I think, some of the lyrics. I don't know the actual lyrics, but this is what I hear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there is that element of cautious optimism is what I get from this song. But um, and hopefully maybe more along the lines of what's going on then. I love that song. Yeah. That whole- <laughs> oh, brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? I love right? how I feel like her beat loops she was on that album. Oh, yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, I love this mood. And listeners, if you have a mood of your own, uh, leave us a message by calling or texting the Tunes and Tumblers hotline at 626-604-6477. Let us know the most embarrassing moment you've had at a bar. Did you lift your mouth (laughs) and spill all over your shirt? (laughs) This was the packed show too, though, by the way. It was like packed and like the bar is really, really long. It's at least three or four meters long. And um, we're only two bartenders. So she wasn't the only one that saw me. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Sorry. Keep going. Oh, no. (laughs) I love that. And listeners, maybe your favorite artist will hear your secret shame live on the air. (laughs) 
well, this is it. It's time to close up the bar. I've, I've got to go take a nap. I'm exhausted. <laughs> I'm gonna, I got to go feed the pigeons. Yes. I'm going to put yes. on that record and see all of the pigeons flock to my door. <laughs> but before we go, oh yeah, yeah, me too. We yeah. got to, we got to do a live listening session on Instagram. <laughs> and do one of those like directors cut thing where like you speak over what you're listening oh, yeah. to in real time and yeah. talk about what you're what and, you're thinking. And every once in a while, we'll go to the window to see how many birds have congregated. <laughs> how many we've lured. We're going to get a very angry big bird. Like, what? Yeah, oh. what do you want? Yeah. Have, okay, so, so, so Sesame Street. Did you all watch Sesame Street? Oh, yeah. Yes. Some of it? Or at least, well, well okay, was, big bird. Little, yeah. Okay, right. Me too, when I was little. Not as an adult. I don't watch that as an adult. <laughs> um, but, That's why I got my HBO subscription. Actually, this morning. No, um, but am I like the only one that couldn't, that thought about while I was watching it as a kid, thought about like how the heck the human was able to do the whole thing and keep it like, cause it's the arm all the way up and for full scenes, you know, and then they have to control the whole face and then the mouth and do the voice and where did they see like where was their viewpoint the insane mastery i will it's magic to me maybe jim henson's magic to me maybe it's like a periscope situation no i mean they've got one arm like in the head and like with in the, the head hand, they're like controlling the mouth everything. and the eyes oh wow. yeah and yeah. then one arm in and act in the arm doing the arm thing yeah like he only ever really moves one hand yeah. Oh, I thought that and the other one was, was like thin. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. Me too. I thought there was like a miniature TV in there and they're like, oh, okay. Anyway, okay, I'm gonna stop talking. <laughs> oh man. Robin, before we say goodbye, do you have anything you'd like to plug for us? Oh, I thought of this. I am um starting a tattoo studio, uh, my own tattoo studio, because uh because why not but um so if anyone's in Montreal and wanted to and wants a tattoo of drawings I do that's what's happening can you tell I'm really good at this self-promoting <laughs> give us I mean, that if you guys want to come it's cool if you don't that's all right too <laughs> it's really cool it's really cool you know whatever whatever I don't know maybe we could talk about things and um, well, if that tattoo studio is already on socials, give us the tag and we'll put it in the episode bio. Yeah, it's my it's my handle. Um, it's at Feral Verger. So Feral, F-E-R-A-L, Verger, V-E-R-D-U-R-E. It's supposed to be bilingual, but apparently not a lot of Anglophones slash English people, people say Verger. So whatever. Whoops. But that's my handle. <laughs> oh my God. Can I snap this whole, this whole Can we restart actually? <laughs> the entire... <laughs> Are you kidding me? This was it was so great talking. This really? Yeah. Really? yeah. Oh, thank Amazing. You. Thank you so Seriously. much for joining us. We oh my gosh, loved so having fun. this conversation. Oh yay. Cool. <laughs> 
Well, thank you all for listening to Tunes and Tumblers. Tunes and Tumblers is an Atwood Magazine podcast. Be sure to like the show and Atwood on every platform. Also, please rate and subscribe to us wherever you get your pods. It helps us out so much. And if you go into the episode description and scroll to the very bottom, you'll find a link where you can support the pod. Every dollar goes to keeping the lights on and getting supplies to make those delicious drinks. Tunes and Tumblers was produced, as always, by Drew Franzblau. Our theme song is by New New Girlfriend. Our hashtag mood jingle comes to us from Jesse McGinty and Jacob Jeffries. Tunes and Tumblers is now also officially a member of the Pantheon Podcast Network, and we are very excited about that. Yes. And until next time, cheers. Cheers. Cheers.